going to showboat, knock down the shot. For what his value is, doesn't equate to winning basketball. When you're talking about the greatest of greats, that's what you have to do. You have to nitpick. We'll see you in the playoffs. We'll see you in the playoffs. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the TMO Podcast, our possible last podcast as far as the 2021-2022 NBA season, because we have a champion. We have a champion. It is the Golden State Warriors who took down the Boston Celtics in Game 6 just last night when you guys are hearing this just two nights ago. So obviously this is not news to anybody. But, Jarrett, we got to break into some things. You know, there's a lot of things that are kind of flying around. Obviously, whenever there's a new team that's, that's coined champion, these questions come up. The media overreacts. That's just what they do. But first off, I got to ask, how are you doing, man? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I really enjoyed the game last night. Um, I was kind of just rooting for the Warriors a little bit, uh, just because it's hard for me to remain impartial watching a sporting event. Like subconsciously, I always yeah. start to root for a team. I think that's a lot of people. Um, but it was it was great to see Steve Kerr get another championship. You know, former Chicago Bull. So and he's like probably one of the most likable guys in the entire league. Definitely. Um, so it was cool to see him. I kind of like the whole Draymond kind of game back the Celtic fans dynamic where he actually had a decent game. He hit two three pointers. So I was really entertained. I was really entertained by all the storylines wrapping up. Yeah, man, we are going to dig deeper into this, but the Warriors are officially once again NBA champions. They obviously defeated the Boston Celtics 103 to 90 in game six. So, Jared, I believe that's just what you predicted. You predicted Warriors in six. So how did you feel and kind of what's your just initial takeaway from this series? And see, that's the sweetest piece of the pie right there, because a lot of people, when I posted it, they're like, mm, no. Celtics in six or ah, I think it's going to go to seven or Warriors in six. Are you crazy? Like I was going to, I wasn't, not a lot of people were with me on that. So as if like anyone else, I'm sure it just feels great to be right. It feels great to be vindicated. <laughs> I love being right. Oh, it's man. my favorite thing in the world. And I predicted the NBA finals. Exactly. I believe you had a uh, Warriors in seven, correct? Yeah. Warriors in seven. So That's you were I pretty went. close. So I, if I were you, I'd also feel pretty good about my prediction because this series really easily could have gone to seven. I mean, the first, what, four minutes of the yeah. game, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of looking like it'd go to seven, but uh, yeah, Warriors in six. And I'm, I'm just feeling good. So what's up, everybody? How's it going? Oh man. I, I told you kind of before we started recording here that I have some takes that um, some people probably won't like me for. And this might be one of them. And I'm not going to lie. I might be dying alone on this hill, and that's okay. But I'm uh -oh. going to be honest with you guys. I found this entire series incredibly boring. I, I really did. I just wasn't into it, man. I, I thought the Warriors basically had it in the bag the whole time, yet all throughout the sports media, all we kept hearing is the Celtics are still the favorites. The Celtics are still the favorites. The Celtics are going to win it. Congratulations to the Warriors. You know, they proved a lot of people wrong this season. They proved, obviously, that I know nothing about basketball because looking back at my preseason predictions, I had both final teams missing the playoffs. So, you know, there's that. I obviously know absolutely nothing about basketball because – I have both the Celtics and the Warriors just missing out on the tournament altogether. So I might be dying alone on this hill. I could not get into this series for the life of me. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, yeah, that's because your heat got knocked out in seven. You thought they should have been there. But I just I wasn't gravitated towards this series. I mean, it was the Celtics either going to win, you know, their 100th championship or the Warriors are going to get another one. And I was just I wasn't into it. I'm happy the way that it went. 
And I'll get into that a little bit more because obviously we know my history with Boston, and especially the Boston fans. I made that very clear throughout this this uh, season. So I'll get into that a little bit more. But kind of my takeaway from this NBA Finals is, yeah, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. That's what should have happened. And I just didn't understand how the media pretty much all the way through game five, game six was still like, hey, Boston's got them right where they want them. And I'm like, I just don't understand that takeaway. And I saw it all the time. You know, you, you, you follow all the, you know, sports centers and ESPNs and all those things you saw, I think it was going into game five, how the Celtics had an 82% chance to win. Yeah, it was like series. Warriors had a 14% it chance. Made no like that. sense. And I'm like, I was, literally, I, was I didn't watch these games, you know, just minute to minute to minute. And I'm like, the Warriors are the better team. The Warriors are going to win. Like, I never thought that was going to be in doubt, but that's just me. That's um, just- there are points that during the series where even though I was standing path throughout, I'm like, it's still going to be Warriors and six. It was still going to be Warriors and six. Um, there were moments where the Celtics just looked like they had the Warriors outmatched, uh, probably like through games like two, three, and four at times. Um, and when they went up to one, because there are times where like when Curry would be out on the floor with certain lineups, I'm like, oh my God. So they're going to just have to ride Curry and hope for the best yeah. during this stretch until like Clay or somebody can come back in because Jordan Poole wasn't being consistent and Otto Porter Jr. and guys like that weren't having like great games at that point in the series. So uh, there was a world where I was like, Boston might be able to, to take this series and run with it. So I, I have to disagree with you a little bit there. I didn't think the Warriors were the dominant team throughout because there are times where I was thinking like, man, where's the offense going to come from? Yeah. But, um, but they figured it out over the last couple games. This was a team I wasn't sure could win two games in a row, let alone three yeah. uh, towards the end of the series. And they did it. They, uh, they won three games in a row. I don't know what kind of weird gentleman sweep that is. If you uh, <laughs> go down two one and then come back and win four to two, um, I'm sure there's a chickernism for that somewhere. But <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed this finals though. Yeah. I, I thought both teams like there weren't really any games that were totally out of reach. I mean, you could argue this one kind of, but the Celtics kind of kept it interesting the entire time. Like. The Warriors would go up 20, but then they come back within to like 10 or 9. Um, so yeah. you were never too sure, like, okay, how long is this Boston run going to go? How close are they going to get? So I thought it was a compelling series. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I unfortunately, man, I just didn't. I, I did not enjoy this series too much. And I just felt, you know, the experience was going to win. And we talked about it when we we're kind of previewing the NBA Finals, how the Celtics, yeah, when they're running, they're probably the best team in the league. But it just seems like more often than not, they're just trying to find their flow, especially on the offensive end. And we've also seen on the defensive end where they've been unlocked in on that end as well. And I just I just thought, you know, experience was going to win and experience ended up winning in this one. But obviously, after all the news kind of broke last night, I'm sure you saw this all over the place. And I just kind of wanted to get our takes on it. But is Steph Curry right now as we sit a top 10 player of all time, because that has been flying all over the place. Every sports show is giving their takes on it. Every media personality. I'm just curious. Do you think knowing what you know now about Steph Curry, is he currently a top 10 basketball player of all time? This was the conversation um, I expected to come up uh, after this game, after the Warriors won. I, I was hundred percent expecting this. I'm, I'm happy to see that this is the conversation instead of, 
Is LeBron James not like is Steph Curry? Did he surpass LeBron James? I'm glad Let's we're not, not having crazy. that conversation. Yeah. No, I'm saying I'm glad no, we're not I'm having agreeing that conversation because yeah, that's what I was crazy. really worried about. Now there, there are some people out there trying to spring that, but that's so far in like the depths of Twitter, yeah. and I'm thankful for that. I was going through like just a list of players, um, and I, I the, these guys are in no order mm-hmm. as I'm still compiling my seemingly never-ending top 500 nba list that i'll probably never finish but (laughs) um so i have these 10 players in my top 10 mj lebron magic kobe shaq wilt kareem russell duncan and bird notice how there's no curry but i will say this there's a group of kind of outline players outside the top 10 that I see on other top 10 lists kind of float in and out of like those eight through 10 spots. Mm-hmm. Um, even Kobe's sometimes in there. It's real. Kobe, I think is the hardest player rank of all time, but me personally, I think Kobe's in my top 10. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kevin Durant and Oscar Robertson. Those guys I see yeah. float in and out of the top 10 current uh, uh, constantly. I think Curry passed all those guys last night. I think Curry is probably like 11th all time. I think he's right there. I He's not top 10 to me because if I had a – it's so tough like when you're trying to like move somebody out of the top 10 because there's so many variables that go into it. Oh, yeah. Curry is right there scratching the surface. But for me, he's not there. Do I think he's going to be there after this series? I'm pretty convinced that Curry could be a top 10 player one day. I wasn't so much a couple of years ago, um, even after like the first three championships, mm-hmm. but just the way this season's gone and how he played versus like, yeah, he still had Clay and Draymond, but Clay and Draymond are nowhere close to where they were during the peak of the Warriors dynasty. Like no one, ex- I think I had the Warriors, if I had them in the playoffs, I think like the eighth seed. Yeah, I had um, them out. <laughs> yeah. And then from the, the get-go, unlike Boston, they were incredible all season long. Yeah, they aside were aside from when Curry went down. Um, so yeah, this this was a huge legacy season for Curry in my mind. And I think I'm very open to having him vault Hakeem Durant and Oscar Robertson in the all-time rankings for those because th- those three I typically see like that high up. Yeah. Um so, look, I knew this was going to come up because that's what it does. That's what the media does. And we overreact to the moment. That's kind of just comes with being in the sports media. And, look, Curry, <clears throat> he's the greatest shooter of all time. You know, he's a no true debate. champion. He is a true leader. And he's one of the mo- most unselfish superstars that we've ever seen in this league. And a lot of credit to him. I'm going to agree with you, though. I do not think he is top 10 as we currently sit and currently constructed. Some people, you know, they like to do the whole top 10 thing. And then when they start to list them off, they list off like 15 players. And it just doesn't make sense. You know, top 10, you got 10 players. And if someone's going in, someone's coming out. That's just exactly. how it works. And it's it's weird. I literally wrote down, you know, my in no particular order, my top 10. I think we had the same exact 10 team, 10, 10 names that we that we listed off. LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Shaq, Bird, Wilt, Duncan, Kobe, Russell. Exactly. Those were the 10 that I had. Exactly. I don't see where this finals and kind of the de facto, you know, NBA, the the finals MVP, because it was going to be Curry's. Unless he came into the series, averaged 15 points this series, it's going to be Curry because everybody felt 
they owed him one and they did owe him one because giving one to Andre Iguodala was absolutely blasphemous. Has not aged well. It has all. not aged well. It definitely should have <laughs> gone to Curry because they gave it to him because they couldn't give it to LeBron because they weren't going to give it to a losing player. You can so never do that. They robbed it from him and it made no sense. But, you know, I agree. He's right there knocking on the door. I don't know at this point if I'd put him above Elijah Wan. But he's right there. I I like him ranked above Durant, and I think I I'm not mad about him being ranked above Robertson. It was hard. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm just saying I'm not mad about that. Oh, I was like all season long, and for the past couple of years, I've always been like Durant's better than Curry, and kind of championing that. But the like this playoffs, like I've come around to like, all right, there's really nothing there that. Durant has like Durant's an exceptional player. Oh yeah. But Curry is also a great player and has just done more. Yeah. Um no and has been a vessel for Durant to add to his legacy. So yeah, it's 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 kind of really hard to defend the Durant side of that that argument, in my opinion. Oh no, he's definitely above Durant. Yeah, I would have him eleven or or twelve. Um I, I Elijah Wan would be a tough one for me. I got, I got him right there on the outside. But, yeah, it's kind of funny because I think we have the same exact top ten. Obviously, we it's, have different numbers. Yeah, it's probably a different order. I know it's a different order. Well, especially <laughs> the right there towards the top. Yeah, maybe. But, man, we'll, maybe I, I, just see there. No, nah, it's all right. But, no, I agree with you. I think he's right outside that top ten. And who knows? You know, maybe he's not done. You know, we, we can know he could go out there and win another MVP. He could go out there and win another finals. We don't know. He's still got to – Long way to go in his career, especially the way that a lot of the players kind of in this area era are extending out their careers. So he could not he, he very well might not be done. But I think we I think we have him ranked uh, where I think he should be ranked. Obviously, some people are going to go crazy and say, nope, he's the fifth fifth best player of all time. Well, that's the thing about Curry is um, you look at guys like Draymond and Clay that I mean, they're from the same generation. But Curry has a few seasons on them in terms yeah. of just wear and tear uh curry's had broken hands he's obviously his famous ankle issues that made him the best contract in nba history or yeah. right around the time he's winning i think he was making 11 million a year in 2015 um, so that just shows how confident the warriors were in giving that guy money at the time um but the way he's playing now and he's had lower body injuries and just seeing like his counterparts and how his game is still at the top, whereas everyone else kind of around him is like regressing. We could very well see a superstar level Steph Curry into his late thirties, kind of like how we oh, see yeah. LeBron right now to where Curry, depending on how the Warriors build, which clearly they're great at rebuilding oh, around yeah. this core or at the very least Steph. Their front office we could is see amazing. We could see competitive warrior teams for a good chunk of the rest of this decade. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, uh, that kind of also helps kind of lead into the next category we got written down here. And that's kind of the biggest losers of the NBA final. And I kind of wanted to run through, obviously we know the Celtics lost the NBA finals, but just kind of around the league and, and just some individuals. I was curious from your perspective, who do you kind of perceive as some of like the biggest losers now that we kind of know the result of this NBA's this NBA finals? Yeah. So this might uh, kind of like, jump the gun on one of uh, our earlier point or later points in the episode. Mm-hmm. My biggest loser is the Jason Tatum is a superstar crowd. 
Um, he got a lot of props uh, during the regular season on being like the main driving force for bringing Boston back from the depths of the Eastern Conference to be mm. well put them where they are now. But this is the moment. This is what makes superstars. This is what proves superstars. And he did not show up repeatedly in the series. No. Here's a stat line for from the last six games. 21.5 points, well below his regular season average. 6.8 boards, 7 assists, 36.7% from the field. Yeah. Now, you could say, oh, well, he shot well from three, 45 and a half. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's good. That's really but good. But 36.7% on twos. Yep. Actually, no, his two-point percentage would be lower, be lower than way, that. Way, I'm sorry. Lower than that, yeah. That's layups. That's his step backs. That's his deep twos. That's turnarounds. That's everything like that. And that was one of the things the last couple of rounds of the playoffs that was so frustrating watching Jason Tatum. His shot selection was atrocious at times. Now, sometimes he'd like his three point percentage suggests he'd take a point blank, th- or, uh, a three, like with a guy in his face and he'd make it. But there other times there'd be bad misses and stuff like that. Like he just wasn't taking smart shots. I think mm-hmm. they'll come in mat- like in age and maturity, he shot 65.6% from the free throw line. Those are big shots because it was a close series. He's missing a lot of free throws, um, especially when all the contact he creates, the opportunities he gets at the line, he has to make more of those. Um, and then 3.8 turnovers, which honestly, I thought that number was going to be higher just watching the series. It got to a point last night where my roommate and I, we were during the first half, counting how many turnovers boston had yeah. like we'd count it out aloud every time something happened because we were watching that 16 number which they almost got to in the first half because every time boston gets 16 or higher they lose the game mm-hmm. so um it was tatum is not a superstar yet he's really good he's right there but i'm sorry that crowd there's no superstars in boston Jalen brown was the best player in this series for the Celtics. And he, oh, and it was rough for him too. Throwing a shot at the Boston fans. And I love it because my biggest loser, first off, I have to stay consistent, is those Boston fans. And I'm not going to get too far into it because we all know the history of Boston sports fans. We don't have to kind of go down that rabbit hole. But they were cocky. They were rude throughout the entire playoff run. And I have to admit, it felt so good to see the Celtics lose and especially on their home court. That felt absolutely amazing. I completely agree with you. The way they just want to take any player and mock his smart and put him up there and try to make him as he's the best defender this league has ever seen. You know, he's he's Gary Payton, and he's the, he's the glove, and he's a great defender. But, like, let's not anoint more than what he is. Jason Tatum is a great player, but he's not the second coming. Like, Jalen Brown is a good player. He's not Scottie Pippen. Like, let's everybody calm down a little bit (laughs) on what the Boston Celtics are. So, first off, stay consistent, Jace. Boston Celtics fans, one of the biggest losers. Secondly, my biggest loser outside of, obviously, the team of Boston Celtics was Kevin Durant. All right? And how do you think Kevin Durant feels right now? I think that was a tweet right after they won. It was. (laughs) And I'm going to extend on it. Dude left the Warriors and chose to team up with Kyrie and currently has absolutely nothing to show for it. He gets swept out in round one by this best defense ever (laughs) in Boston. 
And then his old team that he left beats this best defense ever in the finals while he's logging more playoff tweets than he is playoff wins. And like, how do you think he's sitting at home listening to Draymond's podcast, you know, them talking about Curry being top 10 player Curry, you know, he was the driving force, Kevin Durant. He just kind of let Kevin shine, but it was Curry, you know, like, how do you think he feels right now? Cause we know he listens, you know, he doesn't listen to us, but he's out there. He's listening to the sports media. He's listening to Twitter. We know this. He's got all his burners, burner accounts. He's out there. He pays attention. Kevin Durant was a big loser when this all went down, and especially because he was kind of publicly not polling for Boston, but trolling the Warriors. So it was kind of like, you know, de facto, he kind of wanted to see the Celtics win. So at least he can say, look, yeah, I got swept out. But I mean, that team was amazing. They won the, the won the finals. Now he's going to say, well, you know, I got swept out in round one by a Celtics team. You know, then they had to go through seven games to beat, you know, Milwaukee. And then they almost choked against Miami, had to go to seven games with them. And then they met the Warriors and then they lost. So it's just like, it's just another team. It's just another team that he lost to in round one and didn't get a single win again. So Kevin Durant to me is a huge loser in this NBA finals. That's a, that's a great point. And I kind of wish I, I would have brought that up too, because that's an absolute fact. I mean, right after the game, I tweeted, I wonder what Kevin Durant's thinking right yep. now. Like I, you can't sit at home and be like, I could still be here right now. Honestly, the Warriors could have like three more titles. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I, like I hate them two, even more. Two more titles. I if... hate them all even more. But <laughs> they definitely could. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, there's Durant did not have to leave Golden State. He could have. He could have returned. Um, but you fight. bring up Boston champion Marcus Smart just threw back into my mind like a very traumatic thing he, that happened to me the other day say his name right first off it's marcus smart marcus smart marcus i'm smart. terrible with accents i mean i don't want to insult the the boston faithful already oh more yeah it's all have. right it's all right what are they gonna do? but fine. um i was on twitter and i think there's this page like slam studios or something like that i think they have an instagram account because it looked like an instagram poll they posted to their twitter mm-hmm. that had and i think they're just trying to take the temperature of their their audience because they put Sidney Moncrief who for those who yep, don't know uh, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about is like a five-time all-star mm-hmm. three or four-time all-NBA defensive player of the year like hall of fame guard for the Milwaukee Bucks and they could put him and Marcus Smart on a poll saying who's better and like I think it was 54 percent of people said Marcus Smart was better all time. And they put the stats as like Marcus Smart, one-time defensive player of the year, and then like an all-defensive team selection or something like that. This is what needs to happen in America. It should be a required class in all American high schools that NBA history is taught because I have, I'm tired of seeing this on Twitter. I'm tired of arguing with people on our posts or wherever else about like, I had to talk to somebody who didn't know who Robert Parrish was the other day and they're trying to debate with me about something and historical in the nba i'm like why are you talking you don't know who robert Parrish is he's a hall of famer he won through four championships three yeah. with the celtics oh my my, my head hurts <laughs> kids kids do yourself a favor oh man bookmark basketball reference on your iphones it's a do good it. read Just, oh, it's a good please read. do it by the way, shout out basketball reference. We love you. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> oh read. Oh my man. god. Okay, that's that's the end of my soapbox. Right oh, dude, you're <laughs> we good. Can, we can keep it. You're moving. good. We're gonna kind of stick with it though, and we're just gonna say 
general question, man. What's next for Boston? Like, like, where does Boston go from here, knowing what they know now, knowing kind of the state that the roster's in? They actually don't have a lot of upcoming free agents, but you got to kind of look at what kind of cap room they have. But what's next for Boston? Like, well, like, can they improve? Like, or what's up? I think they can improve. I feel like one of our biggest knocks on Boston early in the season was their lack of depth. Um, and they kind of cleared out some log jams when it came to the trade deadline, when they got rid of Canner and, uh, Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. and, uh, Richardson. Um, but like, there'd be times where like Payne Pritchard's coming into the game. He's launching three, three pointers and stepping out of bounds in the corner on one of them. And then that's a wrap. And that's the only five minutes you see of him. And I just, I think they need to find more depth. I think it'd be smart to keep this core together because clearly they they were a special team. Like, no one really thought they were going to get this far. Um, all season long, I'm like, okay, when's this Boston bubble going to burst? When's it going to yeah. burst? And it never did. They made it all the way to the finals. And for, for a time, I was thinking, mm, uh, they might have a chance at this series. I thought they had as good of a chance as the Warriors to win this series. Now, I still picked Warriors in six, but that's just how I saw the series playing out, which I was right, again. Um but I think they should keep this core together. Um, the only part of this core that worries me is Al Horford. I can't fathom what we're going to see Al Horford playing at this level again, who honestly old. played some of the best basketball I've ever seen him play in his career. And he's, he's been like, in the league since 2007, which is something to say. So, um, but I think they should run it back. The East is going to be a tough conference, but yeah. I don't see any reason to make any big changes. I think they should just build upon what they have, add some depth develop players maybe figure out what you can do with Smith if he could eventually be a rotational piece because he had some moments in the playoffs defensively mm. offense it was awful but um yeah I, I think they should just run it back yeah yeah I don't really know what other option they have and you know credit to Boston for getting to the NBA finals and for completely turning their season around but you know we got to put their run in perspective you know first off they beat an awful Brooklyn Nets team I will stand by that that was an beat awful the team breaks off them beat the breaks off them in round one everybody jumped on their bandwagon they then needed seven games to take on Milwaukee they grinded out that series took it in game seven really easily then they damn near choked away in the Eastern Conference Finals I'm gonna continue to say it because Miami didn't almost win that series they were almost gifted that series they oh, damn near a couple choked. inches away they damn near choked it away and the Heat came just one shot shy of potentially moving on. So I don't think the Celtics will just easily be back in this position. I think a lot of the times young teams can trick themselves into thinking, oh, you know, we got here, but we'll, you know, we lost it, but we'll be right back. It's not always that easy. You can ask a lot of these guys that have been around the league for a while. Ask Al Horford how long it took him to get to an NBA Finals. There's no guarantee that you're going to be back here next year. So I see this, unfortunately, for Boston, and I know I'm, I'm your favorite person. I see this more as a lightning in a bottle run than I do as kind of the new standard for the Boston Celtics, you know, and that's just kind of the way I see this go moving forward. The, the uh, East is going to continue to get tough. We don't know, you know, Miami. Now there's rumors out there where they're looking around and Donovan Mitchell and, and Bradley Beal, all of a sudden they make a move for one of those guys, you know, obviously Milwaukee's still there. Brooklyn, if they're ever healthy and they ever decide, Hey, we want to actually play team basketball, maybe they'll be there, but you know, you just continue the East is going to continue to get better. There's no guarantee that you're going to make it back to the finals. And I think that's where a lot of times you can kind of trick yourself into thinking, Oh man, we'll just, we'll be right back here. But you kind of touched on this a little bit. And I want to get into it just a little bit more general question. Did the media 
jump the gun on crowning Tatum a superstar because it happened. They crowned him going into the NBA finals. He was a superstar. What's your take? Is, is Jason Tatum an NBA superstar? Well, because I already gave a long-winded kind of uh, partly part thought on this, uh, I'll keep mine very brief. Uh, yeah, I think they jumped the gun, and it's just kind of what this kind of what Draymond Green calls the old media. Um, they just have to get their takes off because they have to be yeah. the loudest and have to be the first because they're on networks and they need to sell ad revenue and just be the first to it. So yeah, they jumped the. Yeah, I. Look, Jason Tatum is a really good player. I've been a fan of his, although Boston Celtics fans will probably say that I have not been a fan of his. But I've been a fan since he was at Duke. I think the media absolutely jumped the gun on crowning him a superstar. He's a star. And the last thing needed in my eyes to move up a tier is consistency. And throughout this run, he was one of those players where if you didn't watch a game and on any given night I told you he dropped 45 or I told you he dropped 12, you would not be shocked, which with whatever number he dropped. In this postseason run, the entire postseason, he averaged 25 points, six rebounds, six assists. And Jimmy Butler, who everybody just crowned, you know, Tatum was better than Jimmy Butler because obviously his team won, averaged 27, seven, and four. So while shooting a much higher percentage from the field. So I'm not advocating for Jimmy Butler to be a superstar. I think Jimmy Butler is the top tier star. I I think Jimmy Butler needs a little bit more consistency as well. I want to hold him to that same standard, but Jimmy Butler is more consistent than Jason Tatum. And the only time Jimmy Butler wasn't really living up to what he was doing, he's never going to make that excuse, but the dude was hurt. Jason Tatum, for the most part, yeah, he had a few stings here and there, bumps and bruises, but everybody does. He, he really, I mean, I know they're saying people are trying to say he's dealing with an elbow injury yet from the three point line. He's shooting 45%. I think he just got the yips while shooting twos and all of a sudden couldn't make a shot. So you, Boston Celtics are going to say, oh man, he was hurt. So, but whatever. But everyone got caught up in Tatum and his talent. But to me, to be a true superstar in this league, you have to bring it every single night and scoring. 13 points on 33% shooting in an elimination game, he's not going to get it done. And that's why, in my eyes, I think Jason Tatum is a star, but not a superstar yet in this league. So that's going to move us on here to our final segment on the Tee Him Up podcast, and that is, of course, the technical foul. Tee him up. So, Jarrett, who's getting your technical foul? Um, Boston, the Boston Celtics. Yes. And here's why. There are so many times during that game, and especially it was really early, where – they were flopping. Oh, yeah. Like, they were not playing basketball with integrity. And I kind of get it. Like, you have to try to take every advantage you can. But I just hate how basketball is playing that way. I'm also – I should probably throw in the NBA and how it officiates gains into part of this te- team up because they just allow this to go on. Uh, I th- Personally, I think there needs to be a third party that when the, the refs are stopping the game to, like, do a flop. Steve Jaffe in the studio or whatever, whoever's in control <laughs> that could just come in like, no, boom, that's a flop. Yeah, I can see flop, it from my yeah. screen. Like ball goes the other way, whatever else. And then they throw down a big fine on Marcus Smart the next day. Marcus Smart. Um, Marcus Smart, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, oh, man, it was just tough. And then at the other end, Tatum was going up for a layup. Bad shot attempt. He was going on the left side and kind of like hooked it up. Instead of going for mm. what could have been – a good attempt and probably still would have created contact. He went up and completely missed the shot and they didn't give him a call. And then he, again, like he always does complained. It's like, if you played to make the shot instead of Mm -hmm. sell the shot, you might be in, you might have more than two 
second half points. But might have more than thirteen points in elimination. Yeah. Game. So I am teeing up the Boston Celtics. It's just they 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 make me angry to watch. I am so happy that we have finally, at least in at least in these NBA finals, found ourselves on the same side of the aisle with this. Because I'm giving my last technical foul of the season to Celtics fans, man. And it may be a cop-out for me especially, but I don't care. You know, they continue to raise the bar on what fans shouldn't be doing when cheering on their teams. They blame the refs when they lose. They demand respect for all of their role players. And they hang everything they have on that 2008 title. We still hear about that title more than we hear about any other title in NBA history, I swear to God, it's like their firstborn child. They just hang uh, on to that thing. Man. There might be a competitor in that. That which, race. which one's that? Well, the 2016 Cavs, because no, that was I've, awesome. No, I've encountered another fan base re- very recently. Oh, Toronto. Okay, the 2019 championship the, the, might yeah, be a rival yeah. to that 08 one. They I do don't hang know. on to that one as well. But that's the only one they got. So I understand a little bit why they want to hang on to that Dude, one. They think it's worth like five of them. Yeah. It's even though crazy. Everybody got hurt in that entire run. Everybody got hurt. <laughs> but man, they, in my eyes, I didn't just randomly pick the Celtics to hang my kind of hate cap on. You know, they have earned everything they have common. And let's face it, Boston, you guys have won enough championships. I'm okay if you guys missed out on this one because – you guys, I mean, just in another sport, you're probably going to get another one. And the rest of the the sports fandom throughout the world, or sorry, throughout the rest of the United States, we're just happy if we get one every like five to 10 years. Or if you're from Chicago, you know, it might be even less than that. So, hey, Cubs won one six years ago. I, I know. But what else? I mean, yeah, you know, the Bulls the haven't been one. since the 90s. The Bears, 85. So, you know, Blackhawks, but I don't care about hockey. Blackhawks, yes. Blackhawks have been great. But I, I, Boston Celtics, the fans, you guys have won enough and you continue to kind of raise that bar. And with, I, I'm just, you know, saying it, but not saying it. We all know your history as far as Boston and how some players would rather die than play in Boston because of some things that have happened, some things that have been said. Not going to get too far into that. You could read between the lines. But anyways, technical foul to the Boston fans because they continue to raise it up, chanting F. Draymond and doing all this, this, that, and the other. It's a game. You guys lost, and I'm very happy you guys lost, and it made it so much better. It was on your home court. It was in Boston. It was on that leprechaun. It was awesome. Hey, Awesome. Best of luck to y'all with uh, Mac Jones season two. It was awesome. (laughs) Oh, man, that's all we have this week. For the TM Up podcast, I want to thank you guys all for joining us. Be sure to follow along on all of our social media platforms for some fun NBA content throughout the week. So thank you guys all for listening. We'll be sure to catch you guys next time. And as always, remember, Toronto's still a bottom 10 NBA franchise. Oh, my.